our King. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey the word that I hear today in Yeshua's name. So today we are again in our series entitled Miracle Grow. Okay, not that type of miracle grow. Okay, miracle grow. How to develop good soil. And it's, we're referring to the soil of our heart. And today we're talking about submission. Um, I just want to, uh, just a, a quick word as I reflect on these disciplines that we've been talking about. We've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about um, meditation. We've been talking about the word of God, right? We've been talking about all these disciplines. And these disciplines, God has given us these tools so that we could live successfully in this world. And if we fail to do that, it is really a shame that God has left so many rich things that we could employ in our lives to see change, to see us go from glory to glory, to see new and wondrous things through God's Spirit happen in our lives. And Today, for instance, as we talk about submission, all the other disciplines that we've talked about so far, although powerful, although wonderful to incorporate into your life, they're all not going to be effective if we fail in this particular discipline. So if we are in the Word of God on a regular basis, And we fail to submit to the word of God in our life. The word of God by itself is not going to do its job. right? If we go to God in prayer, and although prayer is a wonderful thing, if we go to him in prayer and then fail to do his will, as he speaks to us in prayer, that prayer is not going to be effective. So this particular discipline of submission, submitting to the authority of God, is something that we as believers must really seek to nail down if we want to live successfully in this world. And I know that's why you're here today, or else you wouldn't have came. You would have been someplace else. So God, believe God to do something wonderful in your life to help you by his grace. Amen? So this Mishle, Proverbs chapter 4 and 23 says this. Now, think about this. It says, above all else. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? It doesn't say some things, right, above most things. It says above all else, to guard our heart. Uh, As servants of God, the condition of our heart's soil will determine whether we are 30, 60, or 100-fold believers. Are we going to have that abundant life to the max that God desires is dependent upon us? D.L. Moody said this, Let God have your life. He can do more with it than you can. Another man said, above all else, we must learn how to bring our wills into submission and obedience to the will of God on a practical, daily, hour-by-hour basis. See, I want to tell you, we are so accustomed to being religious, right? So we read the scripture, we pray, we attend religious functions, but if we fail to practically, hour-by-hour, situation-by-situation, Put the tools that God's given us into practice. That's what the Messiah came to do. He came to change our lives, that our lives would be fruitful. So today I'll be focusing on the discipline of submission or obedience. They go hand in hand. And we're going to talk about what it means to submit to God and what it means to submit to each other. The Word of God is clear on both of these topics and what it expects from a follower of the Messiah. Like all the disciplines, realize that this is given for our benefit, not to restrict us, but to free us, right? 
hear that. Not to restrict us, because when we think, unfortunately, when we think of submission, we usually get the wrong idea. We get an unbiblical view of that. But submitting to God means freedom. And that's what you have to retrain your mind to believe what the scripture says on that topic. I think we could all agree that obedience to God is a good thing. Amen? And so we will look to see why that is so, as well as why it is equally important to submit to one another in our relationship. So here's a working definition of submission. The ability to go through life being okay with not getting your way. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Right? The ability to go through life and being okay with not getting your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. One definition says that submission is humble obedience. Humble obedience to God. And the truth is, obedience and submission go hand in hand. So let's talk about what it means to be submissive to God. What does it mean to be submissive to God? Foster, in his book, which I recommend that you get and read, by the way, if you've never read it, it's a classic. It's called The Celebration of Discipline. If you've never read that book, it's a great book. Um, You know, it's one of those staples Every uh, seminary, you know, starts their courses with that book because they want people to, to become real men and women of God, to submit to these principles so that their lives will be fruitful. So in this book, uh, Foster writes, what freedom, correspond, what freedom corresponds to submission? It is the ability to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get your way. I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me see. Wow. Let me say that again. It is the ability to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get your way. The obsession to demand that things go the way we want them. Wow. To go is one of the greatest bondages in human society today. I always want things to go the way we want them to go. If you think of the life of the patriarchs, things didn't hardly ever go the way they wanted them to go, at least not initially. It went God's way. Remember we sang that song today? I don't know if you remember it, right? All things work together for our good. It didn't say some things. It didn't say the fun things. It didn't say only the good things. It says all things. That's the scripture. Isn't that what it says? All things work together for good. It doesn't say all things are good. But God works them for our good because he is a good God. So with that said, let's look at Eov chapter 22, Job. Job chapter 22. And look what it says here. It says, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of Ophir to the rocks in the ravines, then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you. Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on will be done and light will shine on your ways. That's a powerful promise. And I think of that, you know, that then the Almighty will be your gold and choice is silver. Lord, you are more precious 
than the silver. Right? You sing that? Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. Think of those three things. That is the best the world has to offer. Gold and silver and diamonds. And yet we sing, Lord, you are more precious and valuable than the greatest things that the world could offer. Submission to God. The imagery here is that when we submit to God in his ways, things will be well for us. How many people want it to be well for you? (laughs) That's a no-brainer. We all like that part. It's the submission part that we kind of get tripped up in from time to time. Submission can be a scary word for some because of the way it is sometimes abused and misused in our world. And don't get me wrong, it is abused and misused and, and, and abused in our world. But we're talking about biblical submission to a holy and loving God, okay, and biblical submission to one another who walk in love and holiness. That's easy to do, or at least we should be willing to do that. True biblical submission to the one who loves us and has proven his love for us brings us into harmony with God and his kingdom, which is what? What is the kingdom of God? Define it for me, please. The word of God does it. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Ruach HaKodesh. Oh, wow, I thought the the kingdom of God was him providing for my every need. I thought the kingdom of God was him answering my prayer as soon as I prayed. No, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Ruach HaKodesh. (laughs) That's what it is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy. How many people want a piece of that? I want to tell you, there are rich people in this world that could do whatever they want, buy whatever they want, go wherever they want to go. That would cut you a check today if you could give them righteousness, joy, and peace. But it can only be had one way. When we choose to submit our lives to God. In Job... He tells us that when we submit to God, prosperity will come to you. And I'm not talking about just the prosperity of, you know, material things. You see, this is a wonderful thing, and it means really a prospering of one's soul, of one's life, of one's relationships. Prosper, that your life will be filled with the kingdom of God. That everywhere you go, you will have the life and joy and peace of the living God living what's inside you. Taking it with you wherever you go, no matter what situation you face, you would be continually in the righteousness, peace, and joy of God. That is the thing that Rav Shaul said, I have learned. That in all things, Right? Whether abased or abound, whether in want or in plenty. He's learned this. Because those things don't matter when we're in submission to God. Prosperity of soul is ours. It brings peace to the heart of man and the ability to cease from our endless striving. So many believers strive. We live our life striving in our work, striving in our relationships, striving to achieve, striving for the American dream, friend, which is no dream at all. One can say it's a nightmare. Striving won't get you anywhere. But resting, take my yoke upon you, says the Messiah. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because the yoke of the world is striving to achieve, striving for things. And it's antithetical to the word of God. 
Can you imagine living in the world without striving? Just resting in the Lord, trusting in God, believing God, seeing God do wonderful things as you submit your life to him in every way. It's a sweet thing, submission to God. And Job said to us, Submit to God and be at peace with him, right? This way prosperity will come upon you. Accept instruction. Say accept instruction. Okay, accept instruction from his mouth. The word of God. Submission to the word of God. How do we submit to God? We submit to the words of God. Rabbi, I don't have a problem submitting to God. I pray that is the case. I really do. I hope you don't because if you don't, you are well advanced. However, sometimes we don't realize that by ignoring or failing to follow his instructions that we're not in submission to God. You see, we've been accustomed to come and hear a message and to leave until next week and come back again. But God wants us to be in submission to the words that he's speaking. I say it all the time, but it is so true. Go into the Library of Congress and tell me how many books fill its shelves. Endless. And yet the God of the universe, with all wisdom and knowledge, right, left us a book this thick. And says, this is all you need to know. Go enjoy life. How important is every word? How important is every instruction? Pretty, pretty darn important. The more truth that we have in our hearts, the more knowledge we have of his instructions the easier it will be to submit to his infinite wisdom. We need to be those who are regularly looking at the word of God and submitting ourselves to the word of God. After all, what does the, guy, the word of God tell us to do? We could write Yeshua himself, because I'm going to give it to you in one sentence. All of the word of God, every last drop of it, in one sentence, Yeshua told us. You could sum up the law and the prophets in one sentence. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. How could you go wrong with those two things? The other side of that coin is the more that we fill ourselves with the opinions of men and the theories of the unrighteous, the harder it will be to submit to God. That's just the truth. The more we submit ourselves and sit under those things, the harder we are going to struggle in submitting to God. But let's look at Romans chapter 20. Oops, chapter 20. So is it, does Romans have 20 chapters? No, it's chapter 1 verse 20. You guys see, I got your attention. So the rabbi is going off the rails. Ah. Chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. They exchanged, verse 25, I try to get that whole passage in a few verses. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Friend, read, watch the news and tell me you don't see those things all over our globe today. Matter of fact, what just happened in New Zealand is proof positive of that. That is the result of submitting to the wrong thing, the wrong teaching, the wrong instructions. 
when you submit to the instructions of men, that's what you're left with. But when you submit to the instructions of God, righteousness, peace, joy in the Ruach <laughs> right? Good things. So all of this nastiness that we see in the world around us is a result of humankind not being willing to submit to God in his ways. It brings unnecessary suffering and misery into the world. All of this is because people think they know better than God or they think that they can do without God or his wisdom. The fact is God is the owner of it all. And he has made the owner's manual available to us, but unless we submit to it, we will not benefit at all. And unless we do, we will be led into some very, 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 very bad decisions in our life. Let me give you an illustration. You know, I have a, a few pedals here that I use for my guitar. Can I tell you that I so easily forget how to use that thing because there's menus and submenus and submenus of submenus. So if I want to get to do something, I have to read like four or five pages da, 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 to program it, press the button, do this, you know, while I'm holding this and that to get it to do what I want it to do. And that's just for a little piece of machinery. Could you imagine if we fail to go to the word of God regularly for our lives? What happens? We forget how to operate. We forget the priorities. We, get, we forget what's really important, the simple things. And so God wants to remind us of that today. Look what it says in, in, in Yaakov, chapter 4, James 4. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I don't think that's going to change because <laughs> that's the wrong message. But that's okay. You can leave it up there. <laughs> Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You hear that? It says, submit to God, resist the devil. So what happens if we don't submit to God, and we try to resist the devil? We're unsuccessful. If we don't submit to God and try to resist the devil, that equals we are unsuccessful. So... It starts with the believers submitting their lives to God. Mishlei, Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In some of your ways, in just the religious ways, just as it pertains to your faith or in all your ways. As it pertains to your vocation, all your ways. As it pertains to your relationships, all your ways. As it pertains to raising your children, all your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. If you're here today and you're listening by podcast or whatever, a little birdie came and sat on your shoulder and chirped this message in your ear, You need to understand that God is not asking you and he's not asking me to do anything that he was not willing to do himself. Right? And prayerfully, this will give us the courage and strength to follow his lead. Here it is in Philippians chapter 2. Right? We took the Lord's Seder today, right? The Shulchan Adonai. That God himself, God's own arm works salvation for him, right? God's own self stepped out of eternity into time to do what? Well, look what it says. Philippians 2. Think of yourselves the way Messiah Yeshua thought of himself. He had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. 
became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death at that, death on a tree. Yeshua submitted to the will of God in this area. All throughout Jewish literature, they talk about the suffering Messiah. The suffering Messiah. Who came and willfully submitted himself to God's way. Willingly suffered so you and I could sit here today and enjoy atonement, enjoy the presence of Hashem because we saw him suffer and die for us. Is that not the ultimate example of submission? And we think we can't submit to God in his ways? How silly. I want to say this, and I'm going to move on to my next point. I only have two points today. Isn't that great? That if things aren't going well in your life, one of the first things that I would check to see, am I in submission to God? Is my life submitted to God? And by that I mean, are you submitted to his word, to his instruction? Are you submitted to his authority and the authority that he's given within his kehilah? Are you submitted to God? Or are you just out doing your own thing? That's what the world does. They do their own thing, man. They're freewheeling. They're going to play it by ear, shoot from the hip, you know, see what life uh, brings my way. Fast and loose. We could do it. I did it when I was young. But it proved unfruitful. And when I submitted to God in his way, in his word, in his authority, everything changed. Just a thought. God does know a little something about submission. And both the challenges and the benefits of it, he knows. He obviously thought that it was worth it, and he set an example for us to follow. So, submission to God, submission to his word, submission to God-given authority, submission. Submission, submitting our lives, that our life, doesn't the word say it? Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. And when we submit to that, it's a freeing thing. It's not, it's a freeing thing. Number two, submission to others. Whoa, oh. Are you really serious, Rabbi? (laughs) The truth is we all do this every day in our life to some extent. Who Who has a job? When you go to that job, do you do whatever you want? Say whatever you want, act however you want, you know, to that customer, to that student, to that whatever you want. No, and the reason I know you don't is because you still have a job. As a matter of fact, when we go to those jobs, sometimes we'd like to say something or do something, wouldn't we? But we say to ourselves, self, I think I'll refrain from that. That would be a bad idea. And I won't have a job if I do it. So, I will submit myself to the boss and his rules. Right? And so we submit ourselves. We're used to that. We think we're not. We think we are our own boss. When in fact, we submit all the time to other people. So what does the scriptures tell us about submitting to others? Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another in fear of the Messiah. Submit to one another in fear of the Messiah. In the first point, I talked about how Yeshua submitted to the will of the Father. 
And that if God can submit, then we can submit certainly, right? And obey. So let's go back to that same passage in Philippians chapter 2. And it says now, let's read some more. Therefore, if you have any encouragement for me from your being united with the Messiah, any comfort flowing from love, any fellowship with me in the Spirit, or any compassion and sympathy, then complete my joy by having a common purpose and a common love, by being one in heart and mind. Do nothing out of rivalry or vanity, but in humility, say humility, in humility regard each other as better than yourselves. Regard each other as better than yourselves. Look out for each other's interests, not just your own interests. Let your attitude, say attitude. Oh, because we as human beings can have some stanky attitudes from time to time. Because what it doesn't say is not just let your outward because we can control the outward. I'd like to wring your neck here, but I don't. Right? But it doesn't say control just your physical being. That's easy. It says control your attitude. In here, in the ticker, in the control your attitude so that that attitude is just. Mm-hmm. Attitude, gratitude, you know what I'm saying? Just humming along, doing really good. Because what is the purpose if we just walk around life, and many people do this, just refraining. We're like angry birds waiting to escape. And if you think I'm lying, go take a drive on the expressway during rush hour. Just angry birds ready to get out and knock someone out, right? Because we're just frustrated. Because they're not just frustrated from the drive, by the way. They're frustrated from life, from the grind, from everyone demanding more and more work and more production and more money and more everything. And my gosh, people are just maxed. Maxed. And man, you can't keep that up indefinitely. So let your attitude toward one another be governed by your being in union with the Messiah Yeshua. And we already defined the Messiah Yeshua's attitude as one of submission. So have an attitude of submission toward one another, preferring other. Wow, this is crazy. Rabbi, you lost your mind. Yeah, yeah. To let and consider others better than yourself, even if they're not better. It doesn't say only consider people who are better than you better than you. It says consider others better than you, even if they're not better. But your attitude considers them better. Isn't that something? Could you imagine what the world would be like? Hey, could you imagine, let's get real, what the kingdom of God would be like? Ouch, it would be something. Regard others better than yourself is one way how we practice biblical submission. This flies in the face of pride. Pride which thinks that I am better. I am smarter. I am more qualified. I, I, I. Oh, that hurts. You want to know why? Because all I could think about when I said, I said I five times on purpose. Because Satan in the prophets had the five I wills. I will ascend to the mount of the holy. And I will, and I will, and I will Pride. 
Didn't go well for him, by the way. And pride never goes well for us. And God is asking for the antithesis of pride, to be submissive to his will, considering others better than ourselves, even if they're not better, considering an attitude of, and by the way, when God looks at you, and let's face it, you might be the smartest and the sharpest tack in the box, but compared to God, you're pretty simple. You know what I'm saying? And God looks at you and he says, man, you're darn valuable. You are valuable. I love everything about you, exactly how I made you. And yet we could look at those same people and say, "Ah, I'm better. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. Philippians is instructing us on how to submit to each other in a godly manner. It goes on to say, look out for other people's interests. But Rabbi, I got a house to pay for. Rabbi, I got mouths to feed. Rabbi, I can't. I got time to be looking out for other people's interests. In other words, look out what is best for the other person. Hey, you don't have to go far, guys, for your spouse. Look out for what's best for her or for him. Look out for your children. Look out for your neighbor. Look out for your workmate, what's best for them. It goes on to say, not just your own interest, because it is taken for granted that we look out for our own interest. I'm going to say, let me look, check, check. Last time I looked in the mirror, which was this morning, I said, my goodness, I haven't missed a meal. And maybe I need to skip it to one or two. After I saw the look, you know what I'm saying? I walked below. I haven't missed a meal. I have somehow remembered to get in every single meal and every single snack that I had coming to me. And that's something. It's just amazing. It comes so natural. It just comes to me. So easy. I don't even have to work at it. And likely you don't have to work at it either. Right? It just comes so easy. Hey, hon, could you get me and do for me and pick me up and iron for me and cook for me? It just rolls off my tongue so fluently. I feel like an orator in my house. Could you do and you do and you do an Abigail? Could you make me a cup of coffee? And Josiah, could you straighten that up and... Just comes so easy. I love it, but it's unfortunate. Truth is, those other aspects don't come as easy when I consider them better than me, and I do for them, and I go out of my own way for their good. See, that is the trick. That is the key. That is the principle that works. That's the one to have. But that one, we have to work it a little bit. That one, we have to say no to my little whims. And it might cost me a little energy, a little effort to do for someone else, right? Considering them, their desires, their wishes, their wills, their, right? You, You get it. Wow. How about if you're in a business deal? Let me say this. You shouldn't make all the money. No, no. You should make money, and they should make money. That's a good business deal. And let me tell you something. You always say, Rabbi, you're so naive. I had my own business. And when you do business, wanting all the money, matter of fact, recently, let me tell you a quick story. I went in a while back now. I was going to trade in a car at a dealership. And I'm talking to this guy. You know, I know what I'm talking about. So this guy wanted to take my car, but he wanted to make all the money on the car. 
I knew what the car was worth, but he wanted all the money. He didn't want to give me a penny of the money from the car I was going to trade in. Because you realize when you trade in the car, they give you less than it's worth so they can make money on your car. So I said to him, I said, listen, hey. I said, that's not fair. I said, you want all the money. I understand you have to make money, but how about you make some money and I make some money? You make a little and I'll make a little because you're not only going to make money on the car that I'm trading and you're going to make money on the new car. So why should you make all the money and I get no money? And to that, you know, he's, you know, of course they always have to go talk to the mysterious manager that's somewhere in the building and crunch the numbers. And he comes back and he said, no, this is the best we can do. I said, well, listen. I said, listen, if, if you were willing to work with me and if you were fair, I'd do the deal, but you're not being fair, so I'm going to have to walk away. And they don't really count on you walking away. So I walked away. I didn't do it, and I was good to do it. But that's the thing. See, good business is when you make and I make. You're happy and I'm happy. That's looking out for other people, too. It's not just about you. It's about others. That's an attitude that we need to foster. We're talking about caring, about the well-being of others, as well as caring for your own well-being. The world does not operate like this. That dude wanted everything. He wanted every penny that he could get from me, and he was, you know, putting on the charm, which I found uncharming. <laughs> and he was laying it on thick, you know, used car salesman. You know. we, all, we all saw the movie, right, to see the, see the shows. And they're every bit of that, unfortunately, for them, all right? By being obedient to the word, we will be going against the flow of the world system, but we will benefit from it. The last top tip that we glean from this verse or these verses is to let your attitude toward one another be governed by your being in union with the Messiah. So your relationship with Messiah is to control the attitude you have toward others. Notice the word relationship. The relationship you have with Messiah is to control your attitude. If you have no relationship, it's contingent upon the word relationship. That God, as you are in relationship, relationship, not religion, relationship with the Messiah, you can begin to take on his attitude and act like him in every facet of your life. And let me tell you what's going to happen. Awesome things. They liked Yeshua. Even the people that ended up screaming, Nail him to the tree. Liked Yeshua. They followed him all over the place. He got crowds of thousands upon thousands. And people were like you. When through our relationship with him, we act like him. To the degree that you have a relationship with Yeshua is to the same degree that your attitude will be like his as it concerns others. This tells me that my attitude should be transformed by my relationship with God. And if I'm walking around in pride or thinking that I'm superior to others, it's because my relationship with Messiah is lacking. If I think that I am superior Friend, my relationship is lacking. God came in the form of the Messiah and acted as a slave to humanity. And if I walk around prideful, friend, I am way off the mark. The only way that our attitude will be like his is if we connect with him and have a genuine, say genuine, not phony, not fake, not pretend, not I just read the word once a week and move on to my life, a genuine relationship with him that's alive and well, then we're going to see wonderful things in our life. This becomes a little bit easier when we think of this in light of the great commandments of God. 
to love him and to love others. When we understand that all of life is boiled down to a very, very simple principle, if we love God, not practice a religion before God, but if we love God, one, to love others is going to be easy because God loves people. We love God and love others. We're going to find that we begin to take on more and more the attitude of Yeshua as it pertains to our horizontal relationships, right? But that all stems from our first vertical relationship with God. So in closing, this is what I ask you to do. One, friend, that my wife said it as she did the Devar Torah. If you're in this room and you do not have a relationship with God, you've never surrendered your heart to God, all I could say is, is this, do it. Do it. He, lo- he gave everything for you. Everything. He can- God couldn't do one more thing for you than he's done. Isaiah 53 says the Messiah was beaten beyond recognition for you. So you could taste of the goodness of heaven, goodness of God. But you have to say, God, I'll submit to that. God, I'll submit to the work that you've done. I'll say yes to Yeshua. I'll say yes to your word. I'll say yes to your ways. I'll say yes to your instructions. I'll take on your attitude instead of the attitude that my workmates want me to take on. I'll consider others better than myself. Lord, I'll walk in humility and not pride. When we do those things, life will get good. But like always, it's up to you. God loves you enough to leave it up to you. You pick. What do you want? So with that said, let's bow our hearts. I want you to consider the things I've said just for 30 seconds. Are you in submission to God? Have you said yes to him, to his word, to his instructions? Do you have the attitude of Yeshua toward others? Have you given your life to him? If you haven't, the good news is, He's always just a prayer away. It's a choice. We could choose right now, today, to say, God, I will submit to you. I'll submit to the instruction of your word that you gave me, that I need atonement, that I need to accept the Messiah. And God, if you've done that already, God, I'll submit to the, to the word that instructs me in my life, and I won't just do my own thing, but I'll do it your way because I know your way is the best way. When I do it your way, everything is going to go right for me. So if you're willing to do any of those things, pray after me. Avinu Malkinu, our Father, our King. We surrender our lives to you today. We repent of our sins and we repent of our pride, and we repent of doing things our way, only interested in ourselves. God, forgive us. Have mercy on us. And Lord, I believe and I accept what Yeshua has done for me I accept his atonement. And God, I accept the instructions that you've given in the word of God. And I will submit to them and live by them and see my life bear abundant fruit. Amen.
you pray that and you mean that, that's the beginning of a changed life. So I want to encourage you. If you walked in here today in whatever state you did, that I pray that you would be considering the words that I spoke, that you would go home and that you would begin to look at God's word a little differently and begin to take on every instruction, every word, as something that God is looking for you to line up with and become in your life. And then guess what happens? Real, real transformation happens in our kishkas. Happens deep within us. It's not made up. It's not just suppressing the outward. It changed from the inside out, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'm going to pray, and if you would like prayer for anything... I'm available to pray. Uh, Myrna's going to join me for prayer, and uh, Rena's going to join me for prayer. So if you need prayer for anything, if you, need, you know, listen, we all get stuck. You know, you ever get stuck over the fence? Oh, you need a little, a little push? Well, that's what we're here to do. If you get stuck in life and you need someone to pray with you, we want to pray for you. So let's stand on our feet. And if you don't need prayer, guys, you're free to go. Just be respectful of those getting prayer in the sanctuary. We love you. We are um, excited for what God is going to do in your life. We are. Upset, upset. So be blessed. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and impart his peace to you, I pray. B'shem Yeshua Mishikenu. God's people said, Amen. Shabbat Shalom. If you need to go, please, um, no, no worries. But if you want prayer, please come up for prayer. We want to pray for you. Amen.